BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 581. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today I'll be joined by fellow Project Spurs writer Josh Paredes. In this episode, Josh and I will analyze the Spurs' first scrimmage game that resulted in a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's get started. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. You know, welcome. This is actually your first time on the Spurs cast. Uh, Spurs cast listeners, if you've been checking out ProjectSpurs.com, you've probably seen Josh's writing up. He's been writing weekly um, some pieces uh, ranking the uh, Spurs international players. So if, you, if you've read those articles, this is actually the guy who writes those articles. Um, I actually know Josh because uh, he, uh, can you give the the, the, the the listeners a background of, of how you and I know each other, what, what site you're working for? Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I was actually doing some um, statistical work for the Spurs, uh, not really for the team, but there's a company that that hires people to um, to track stuff like that for betting purposes and all these other purposes. And I've been going to some games. This is the season where I started doing that, and I I come across you because you you know you're always there for Project Spurs, you know, writing about the games and stuff. So um, that's kind of how we met. It wasn't really Project Spurs related, but here I am now. Yeah, so so welcome, you know, Josh, to the podcast, and and yeah, so you know, we got to know each other. We, we at the Spurs Media Dining Room, we got to you know hang out and stuff. Yeah. So so yeah, so so we're, we're glad here at Project Spurs to have Josh on the staff. So let's go ahead and get into this. I mean, it's obviously limited data; it's only one one scrimmage game in this new um, bubble environment. So let's go ahead and jump right into this uh, this first Spurs game uh, that they played. And so just some initial takeaways and observations. Uh, you know, they did lose one thirteen ninety two, so by twenty one points, it was pretty close in the first half. But then in the third quarter, Milwaukee just became who Milwaukee is, and they basically it just. <laughs> made this game explode and went up by like 19 points uh so some interesting notes uh becky hammond got to coach the whole game she was the head coach for this game uh then um mitch johnson the the assistant coach will coach the game on saturday against the nets and then will hardy will take over for head coach on tuesday against the pacers so this is coach pop doing what he normally does like in the preseason or in summer league where he lets his assistants actually become the head coaches for games gives them that experience and then pop will obviously you know come back and take the helm uh for the real um uh, uh seating games that begin on july 31st first one other note for, for the Spurs in this game was just something a lot of fans were happy about um, the Spurs actually put forth one of their best defensive lineups to start the game they started DeJounte Murray at the point Derek White at the two Lonnie Walker the fourth at the three 
and then DeMar DeRozan at the four and Jakob Pertl at the five. So that was obviously, you know, the, the end result wasn't what you wanted to see. But obviously, you know, if they, if they keep going with this group, that's going to be something really exciting for the fan base to see. Because, you know, just me too as well. I was always one of those people who was upset that, that Derek and DeJounte never got any minutes together. Well, now they're getting minutes together. But not only that, you're throwing Lonnie Walker in there with them. Um, one, quote from, one, one quote from Becky Hammond on, the, on that starting group. She said, we're hoping to get some defense, some pace, which is why she started them. Now, she didn't, she didn't you know, clarify if they're going to be the, the – the consistent group going forward but she said they, they are going to experiment with different lineups and that's one of the lineups they want to try out right uh one of the note patty mills did not play in this game um you know there he, he's been practicing you know these last two weeks of the spurs so i don't think he's injured it was just more more so probably their call to just give some of the younger guys some minutes and you know not, not rush everybody back and then um just overall my takeaway was that they, they did look a little sloppy you know it's been four months since they played together as a team there's a bunch of new, new lineups so so josh um without getting too much into the into the the offense and defense just yet what were your, some of your initial takeaways from this game yeah, I mean, the first thing I had, as well as most people that were watching, um, pretty excited about the starting lineup. You know, I like that they're changing it up a little bit. I mean, obviously they had to, but, you know, when you look at who's out there, you see DeMar out there, you know, mostly to carry the offense. Murray and Pirtle for defensive purposes. White kind of a two-way. Lonnie, always an X-factor. Like, you never know what to expect with him. Um, that was one of the major things. And I know, I, I believe they said they're going to be um, experimenting with it going forward. They're probably going to have a couple of different lineups during the during these next two scrimmage games. Yes, uh, Becky said that. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see. I Kind of what we're used to as as Spurs fans this season is, you know, they'll they'll be in the game for a good half, maybe three quarters of the game. Uh, and then, you know, they have the third quarter woes that, that will hit them at some point. Um, or it could just be a, just a, a stretch where they go flat. Um, I feel like that's definitely what happened in the third quarter. But then again, you know, you can't really expect a lot, you know, over four months off, you're playing the, one of the favorites of, you know, they're playing Giannis, you know, um, I believe they said they were going to play him this scrimmage game more than the next two. So, Unfortunate for the Spurs, but there's a bigger picture you got to worry about. Yeah, for sure. So now let's go to and, and you know, yeah, again, Spurs cast listeners, we want to take this um, this game not not too too um, you know detailed because again, it is just a scrimmage game. It's basically we're treating this like a preseason game, but there are some some things we want we want to discuss just because it's the only game that that we have to talk <laughs> about. Uh, so let's first focus on the area of concern for the Spurs, which of course con- continues to be defense. Even with this, you know, these younger players and more athletic players, better defenders, they still had their issues on defense. So um, they allowed 113 points in a 40 minute game. So you have to remember again <laughs> that this was a 40 minute game. There was 10 minute quarters. And they still, the Bucks still put up 113 points on their defense. Um, it was really like I, like I mentioned with Josh. It was that third quarter where the Bucks scored 38 points. They really just went off there, and that was something that Josh talked about. How during the season that was their issue was those third quarter woes. Let's talk about first the inside um, near the paint. 51% of the Bucks' shots. I mean, no. First, let's talk about the outside. I'm sorry, from three. Yeah. Uh, 51% of the Bucks' shots came from three. Um, they actually didn't shoot it well. They only shot 30% on three, and that's actually, um, you know, it, it could have been worse. More than 20 points had the Bucks actually been making their three. So they, they Yeah, actually... only the Lopez brothers seem to be the ones <laughs> just nailing everything for some reason from out there. For sure. So, you know, they, they the Spurs were kind of spared in that way, um, but they still did outscore San Antonio by 12 points from three. Uh, like like Josh just mentioned there, Brooke Lopez goes, nine of his 18 points come from three. Uh, what, what were your some of your observations about their, their defense from three on Spurs, Josh? Well, I did like, um, you know, I know that Giannis is capable of hitting those, but, uh, you know, compared to the alternative, it's probably the right decision to go under and let him shoot those. I know that Pirtle did that a few times, and uh, Giannis is looking way off on a couple of those first, you know, outside shots. Um, I know Corver was kind of 
slow getting going in the first quarter also but then I did notice in the second when Marco came in and he kind of got lost on a screen and that's when Corver got loose um, there's just little mistakes like that that are, are going to come back to haunt especially when teams are actually hitting their threes at a better clip um, so that's when you want your guys out there like you know like White and Murray and the guys that kind of and, and Lonnie that can kind of switch they're, they're athletic they're, they're quick versatile um, but unfortunately, you know, they can't play all, I guess, 40 minutes in this case. So there's going to be those lapses, unfortunately, with the personnel they have right now. For sure. Uh, so let's move over to the next area where the Bucks executed from. Um, 43% of their shots came from the paint. Um, you know, they scored very well there, obviously, when you have Giannis, who can just easily just walk in and dunk the ball from whether you're in half court or, or in the full court. He did that several times. Um, so they shoot 68% the Bucks from the paint. Giannis, 16 of his 22 points come from there. Um, Pirtle did have two blocks, you know, of note. Uh, but you know, that was just the, the, the main issue was that, that Giannis is just a problem. I mean, it's not, not just for the Spurs. He's a problem for anyone. There's, there's, that's the reason why he's probably going to win the MVP. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts on their, their defense interior? Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's not much you can do with Giannis and, 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 you know, they also did have a problem, um, containing Brooke inside, you know, on, on the glass sometimes oh, I yes. was noticing, but, uh, you know, obviously you want to have Pirtle as uh, out there as much as you can in the interior. He's he's also a really good help defender. You saw that block he had in the corner against against Corver, which you don't normally see from seven footers. But um, you know you're kind of you're gonna just have to give up shots in the paint against the Bucks. It's the bottom line, no matter what team you are, because it, it's impossible to stop Jonas. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, I forgot to to note that was a good um, thought from you about about Lopez. Uh, he he had a few post ups against the Spurs. Yeah. Um, and then the other area where the Bucks uh, scored really well from was the the free throw line. Um, you know, again, when you have Giannis, you're gonna get to the free throw line. So uh, they make 27 free throws as a team. They outscored San Antonio by 13 from the line. Uh, and and for this for the Spurs, actually, Chris Middleton was a big issue, especially in that third quarter. He he was it was it was a slow start to the third quarter and Chris Middleton continued to get to get foul calls and uh, he ends up making seven um, free throws in that game. Um, uh, and then just one other area that was a really concerning for the Spurs was it was actually their offense. Uh, their, their, the, the fact that they had 22 turnovers and that resulted in 31 points for the Bucks. Now, one thing you do want to take away is that the Spurs, you know, when they get, you know, once they get more more games under their belt, they're going to be a little bit better at, at not turning the ball over because number they're usually number one in the league at ball security. So uh, that's that was obviously an issue. And like I mentioned, it's new lineups, players haven't played together in months, yada yada. So, so that yeah. was a big issue. Um, I, I remember several plays where it was almost like a practice where the where the Spurs would try to throw like a, a pass across some you know the court and and several bucks players would e- easily just like intercept and take off for a dunk or a layup right and, and that was on multiple so again it's it, it, that, that all goes back to to this being just the first game uh so, some um some quotes from the players and, and coaches uh C- coach becky hammond said on the defense um we got to get better on the defensive side of the ball there's a list of things we can do better defensively. We're not afraid to try different, uh, try try things different. Um, so again, that that goes to the players. That message of like, if you're not playing defense, you know, there's going to be a chance you're not going to play in a lot of these games. Uh, and then Lonnie Walker the fourth also said, um, that's the end all be all of this team. Uh, that's why we weren't a playoff team because of the defense. So again, Lonnie continues to um, harp that defensive message. Uh, was there any other thoughts you had, Josh, regarding the defense? Yeah, that last quote by Lonnie, I think, just says it all right there. I mean, you know, back in the glory days of the Spurs, they were always, you know, one of the top defensive teams in the league. And that's, you know, because you can't always rely on your offense to be on. You're going to be missing shots at some point, but you can always rely on a, on a heavy defense, you know. So um, I think that was a, a good thing that he already knows at such, at such a young age that that's the key to succeeding and possibly making the playoffs. It's a long shot, but I mean... If they can kind of get it together here and, and go on a little bit of run, we, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. 
let's let's move over to the offense now. Um, 44% of the Spurs' shots came from the paint. They scored well from there. They made 62% of their shots when they got in there. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 10 of his 13 points that he scores came from the paint, uh, leading the team in that area. And then also Jakob Pertl, you know, pretty much fed off like, like a dribble drive penetration. Uh, he ends up finishing with eight points in the paint. Uh, did you have any thoughts on their on their paint on offense? Yeah, I did. I did like um, Murray's aggressiveness in there. I mean, he's kind of getting he's mixing that with his mid range jumper that he was developing during the season, kind of more uh, Tony Parker esque. If you if you consider that he's he's being able to do both of those now, um, Jakob Pertl. He's always he's he's a really good position player. He knows where to be. He knows like if your man if his man's cheating to get to a certain spot. I, I believe there was a nice feed from Marco into him. There was a couple other nice plays. He kind of reminds me of Splitter sometimes. I don't know if it's because I've been writing all the international player. Yeah. Um, you know, he I was just uh, writing about him recently, and he's just always knew where to be. He had a, a good IQ on the floor and how to get easy shots. Um, so I was impressed with their interior offense con- considering you know how good the bucks are defensively yeah for sure and uh yeah yeah he's really smooth and just setting a pick and kind of just rolling away and, and always catch those passes and finishing there at the rim uh very similar to tiago like you mentioned there um so then uh the second area where the spurs took the most shots from was was the three-point line 30 uh, percent of their shots came from there they actually shot it pretty well again for, for being off for four months they actually shot pretty well from three 35 percent accuracy uh just two notable players from the, in this department lonnie walker the fourth in the third quarter he made two threes that were corner threes uh and then rudy gay also made uh, two threes as well in this game um yeah, so so I mean they they kicked the ball around again. It was it was tough to look at this data uh, until we get like you know full twelve minute quarters again. Uh, did you have any thoughts on their on their shooting from three? Yeah, I I did. Um, I was really um, encouraged by the the corner threes from Lonnie. Um, the corner three has historically always been important for the Spurs. You know, Sean Elliott, Bruce Bowen was that was his spot. I mean, if Walker can continue to find himself open over there off drives and kicks and everything, then. Um, I think that could be really good for him. He's he's been hitting that with more regularity. I believe he hit a couple in that big Houston game that I mean he was hitting from everywhere honestly, but um it was it's good to see um when they're I mean just like any other team when they're hitting their threes they're going to have a chance um and it was it's good to see some of the younger guys getting involved in the in making those threes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then you know they they made fourteen free throws. There wasn't a player to me that stuck out that get, got to the line that that much that many times. Um, Kelton Johnson got there. He made four free throws. It looks like uh, when you look at the box score. Uh, and then again, just like I mentioned, it was pretty much on offense. It was their turnovers, twenty two turnovers. Like that's probably not going to be a huge issue for them going forward because again, they're they're one of the best teams actually of ball security. They're actually the best in the league. I know that they did lose Lamarcus and uh, and Trey Lyles for for this restart, but again, those aren't your two guys who are using handle the ball. So um, you know, bringing it up and executing, um, initiating half court offense. So so they should yeah. be fine in that department once they get more more reps under their belt. Uh, and then just the leading scorer in the game was Lonnie Walker the fourth again 14 points he finishes with um, and they were all scored in the second half he didn't score in the first half uh, six points from three for him six points in the paint and then two from the free throw line uh, and then uh, you know Dejounte Murray also spoke with the um, with the media after the game his um, his interview was a little bit different than, than Lonnie and, and Becky you know Lonnie and Becky were very much you know they were very uh, um, disappointed with the defense and you know the way that they're playing Dejounte was more like, like just saying like there's a bigger picture here we know that this is just a scrimmage like he didn't want to get he didn't want to yeah. you know get too detailed into the team's performance he's like look it's he basically he's like he, he's more like uh, uh, yeah he was he just wasn't a, 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 as he, he was concerned obviously but not like you know he, he understands it's just a scrimmage game uh, especially the first one in four months um so so did you have any closing thoughts on their offense um about the offense i mean i mean just like you would expect everybody came out sloppy kind of especially the turnovers um 
I was thinking maybe considering the Bucks, you know, their their defense is so good and it has been for a while that maybe they force a lot of turnovers. They're actually 18th in the league, so they're not really special there. But I think it, a lot of it was just sloppiness on the Spurs end. Yeah. It was it was kind of just like you know Demar driving in and then you know kicking it out and and there's just long arms of the Bucks. Um, multiple guards were doing that, um, so I I wouldn't really pay too much attention to this game in terms of like it's going to be a long-term issue now if they go in and you know play the nets and start playing like this then maybe we can start <laughs> being concerned about the turnover aspect of it um but as far as the uh, offense in general i'd like the energy in the first half I, I liked all the young guys they were they seemed very like just happy to be back out there and we're all happy to watch it and hopefully they can build off of that first half and kind of learn from the second yeah, and you know, like you mentioned earlier, we don't know for sure if this will be the you know the continued starting lineup. Obviously, a lot of people hope hope that it will be, but you know, we just never know. And one thing you do notice is that you know you look at the, just the players coming off the bench. If this is the case, I mean, that's a tr- that's some trouble with our Bryn Forbes. You know, Marco Bellinelli, assuming Patty Mills will be back, uh, Patty Mills. You know, they just they're not going to have a great defensive. If if they do use a lot of their best defensive players to start a game, they're going to have a lot of trouble with that second unit. So that's obviously something to watch uh, in the future. But again, it's only been one game. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, their next game is on Saturday against the Brooklyn. Nets. Um, Josh, did you have any other uh, topics or questions you want to address here on the Spurs cast? I, I believe I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if maybe you remember this quote from, I'm, I'm not sure who it was, that they they were saying that there weren't any positives to take from this game or something. That was uh, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Okay. Like, was that part of a bigger quote, do you remember? Or did, uh, was he let just me pull kinda... it up real quick. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, no. Like I said, Lonnie and, and Becky were not happy about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they DeJounte was a little bit more, uh, what did Lonnie say here? Um we're not. It's our first time playing together. Oh, we got our tail whooped. Yeah, he was not excited about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that no, just, that, I didn't get the full quote, but that, yeah, pretty much that was his message. That's probably just more of the competitive side of you know him. Just you know, but I'm sure he he knows there's a lot that can improve, and it's kind of his way of expressing it. I was just curious because I saw just that one part of the quote, but um, yeah. other than that, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that you took away from the game no, no, just kind of bouncing off that like um you know basically like all these last two weeks of interviews you know we've been hearing how like they're 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 um they're all locked in they're giving it they're acting like it's a playoff environment so like i think that from that aspect even Co- coach becky hammond said you know we didn't execute what we were doing in practice like basically almost it, it was almost like they, they had this mindset where they really thought they was gonna be like a super competitive team i think and then for them to just come out and again still have the same issues even though it was a scrimmage you know to, to still yeah. get that that's really you know that's really uh, i would say deflating when, when you're when you're trying you know when, when you feel like like you have something going and you're ready to go like it's like a fresh start like they've been saying and then all of a sudden you lose by 21 points and like by the third quarter we knew it was over it was, they were done by 19 and again it's it's just a scrimmage right but, you know it, it can be deflating to the coaching staff and also to some of the players like lonnie who, who you know dejante is more that guy who, who doesn't get too too high or too low on anything so he's you know he's that type of player who was like basically it's just a script it's like he's not gonna you know uh, get um bent out of shape out of that one loss so so yeah, yeah. So that, that was the spurs first game did you have any other comments um i was gonna say i think just as the fan like fans and staff and players alike you got to have a healthy balance of you know you got to know that you're not just going to be where you want to be in the first game. You know, it's been 136 days since they, I beat, I think they beat the Mavericks, um, before the shutdown. So obviously there's going to be some issues. Um, so you got to be aware of them, but I wouldn't really take too much to heart about some of the issues that happened against, you know, probably an NBA finals, um, participant. So you got to have a balance there as a fan or as a staff, I would think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
All right, so uh, Spurs Cast listeners, make sure uh, that you're checking out ProjectSpurs.com. Um, some of our, our, our latest um, pieces up there. Uh, if you want to follow along during Spurs games uh, for the scrimmages and also for the seeding games, I'm, I'm, I've released a Spurs restart shot location box score. So again, it, it's just like your traditional box score, but instead this time it's showing you exactly where the Spurs players are scoring from. It also throws in some other um, advanced numbers that, that I like to pay attention to uh, in terms of like points per shot and things like that. So make sure you check that out during the Spurs games. Um, we'll be promoting that over on Twitter. Uh, Josh has been writing like I mentioned every week he's been writing his pieces called um, Ranking Every International Spur Ever and then uh, so the latest one that he has online is, is 20 through 11 so again it's just a really good way to catch up and, and see you know who's played on the Spurs Josh I, I gotta be honest with you you know I, I you know I, I was I was um, I'm, I'm a mid 80s kid who I was born there and mm-hmm. um, so I don't remember a lot of these players sometimes that you're that you're mentioning you know I didn't really get serious into basketball it's like more like, more like the early 2000s so yeah that's something I'm, I'm learning a lot honestly in reading these pieces so, so yeah so if you really wanted to have some, some his history on the Spurs as um, international players. Josh does a great job with these pieces. Um, did you want to comment on, on these uh, on these pieces that you've been writing? Sure. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing it. Um, I've actually learned a lot also. There's some players that I hadn't even heard of that I had to write about and kind of just rank them based on what I know about their, their numbers and kind of what I read about them. Um, I believe that um, I'm I'm pretty much almost complete with the top 10, which should be on Project Spurs very soon. And there is one in there that is a surprise to me, actually. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. But it's been a lot of fun um, kind of trying to figure out where each person goes and why and giving my reasoning. And um, yeah, the top 10 should be out very soon. I'm sure everybody knows who the top two will be, but <laughs> it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they're going to all land um, when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. And even like the, the way you put the list together was really interesting too, because you know, we think of some of these players who have, you know, the, more of the players that, that we know of aside from, you know, Parker and Ginobili, uh, where they're more like in the Spurs lore, but really they didn't spend that much time with the organization. So it was just the, the fact that they had these like really impactful playoff games, uh, uh with the team when, when they were there, uh, on the squad. So yeah, that's an interest. Those are some interesting, that's an interesting series to read. So I do um, recommend that for all Spurs cast listeners to so check that out on projectspurs.com. Uh, and then also if you visit our other Project Spurs network site called analyzingtheleague.com, um, I've put together these restart guides for all the all 22 teams in the bubble. So um, it, they're just really quick um, ways to see where, where teams left off at, at the pause of the season. And I kind of like it because like you can look at the data from today and you can kind of look uh, compare that to where they left off exactly. And you can see you know did the Bucks take this many threes like they normally do? Did, did they not? You know that 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 kind of thing. And that's that's also like what what I talk about with the Spurs. Like it just right away told you that they were the best uh, team in ball security. And then of course to see them turn over the ball 22 <laughs> times yeah. today, it was really easy to say oh that's a that's a huge issue today. But again. That's not an issue we're going to think is going to be there for them. Uh, you know, they're going to get that under control because that's typically Hopefully. what this team do. so, t- does. So, yeah. So, so again, um, thanks again to Josh for joining me on SpursCast on this episode 581. Thanks also to Michael DeLeon for producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. <laughs>